You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If it's Arab Shabbos Kodesh, this must be Rizcha Daraisa. And I'm here with Haravagoyin Rabbi Yisif Gavriel Bechofer. Uh, it's been three weeks, Rabbi Yisif Gavriel, since I think real Rizichus showed itself. I mean, what we do is just really um, Kinderspiel, Kinderspiel. But three weeks ago, uh, Hasidim of the Rabbi Yaakov uh, Ari Alter, the current Gerebe, um, marched on the Kahal of uh, Pnei Menachem, run by his cousin, Roshol Alter, formerly the Rosh Hashiva in Ger. And um, it seems like there was bottles uh, thrown and stones thrown and people's heads got bashed in. Um, there was, it was a, a ruckus, a melee. It was violence. Um, and all because there seems to have been statements by the current Rebbe, so Gesundsein, a man, uh, the, the son of the Leib Simcha, Rabbi Yaakov, that this type of espardus that occurred is something that needs to be condemned and these people have to be seen. I guess, I don't know what he called them, but seemingly whatever he called them was severe enough that the Chassidim's temperatures rose to an extent that they felt that they had some sort of heter uh, or a mitzvah, I'm sure, to go to be violent. And it had to, obviously, the police had to be called in. It was a terrible chil Hashem, and it has been uh, loudly condemned in the Haredi press and beyond here in America. We're not hearing that much about it, but it is showing itself in a number of news articles that you sent. I doubt Hamogia, which is controlled by Gear, would have so much about it, condemning it. I didn't maybe. see any. I mean, it happened enough before Shavuos that I guess maybe they have maybe they have Tate and uh, gleefully reported, but I don't think that the uh, yeah, now, now, now we're old enough to remember uh, street battles that occurred on Shabbos as well between Satmer and Lubavitch, uh, which occurred here in, in, in our side of the pond. Uh, yeah, but, but I think the kids played. So you think this. you think this was this? You think this could have really actually killed people? I don't know if it would have killed people, but I know that there is a tremendous uh, campaign in, in Gare to rend families asunder. That children oh. should betray their parents like the, like big 1984. Children should betray their parents to the authorities, or East Germany, uh, betray their parents, parents to the authorities, leave their parents, even they're not married, the young, youngsters, and uh, um, and uh, people should not talk to each other, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So in other words, well, let, let me put it in context. In Satmer, the Satmer Chabad battles from Crown Heights uh, to Williamsburg or on, on the uh, environs there were more about whose turf is this. And there was no question that if you're a Satmer Chassid, your family would be okay just if you, if you see these Chabadskers roll up your sleeves and take a punch. Whereas here, what's happening is it's not only attacking them physically, but it's also to brand them Apikursim, uh, Roshoyim, in order to do whatever they can, because clearly Shol Alter, although is obviously the, the more charismatic, perhaps the brilliant, uh, the Magichir, the Rosh Hashiva, and in many ways people believe his Torah <coughs> is, is quite in line. We'll talk a little bit more later about the Torah of, of Ger and the Chesidus and in terms of Lundus, but 
Um, the idea is, is that if you follow him, uh, you are you are in a, going to be in a black hole because the the most of the Gerachsidim are still following uh, the standard normative Gerachsidim, and they will crush this splinter group. This is what it seems like they're about. And you're right, crushing isn't just beating up in the streets. It's also the ostracization and ruining shaduchim and ruining business opportunities and basically sinoschinam to the ultimate extent that the leva nefesh hayofas let us man. It's sort of like, yeah, a street fight is ugly, but you can't help but look. But when you hear these reports, this sounds severe, uh, to, to to the greatest extent, not just like Uren Reich says, you have to call these people Rishoyim because they were over, you know, Aramas Yad. This is this is this is canceling them totally and completely and trying to to obliterate them from their normal life. So this is clearly something really shocking, I guess. Yeah. So I, I would like to uh, pontificate about this a bit. And uh, I'd like to note that this really harks back to Rebbe Avramea Kaplan's critique of Hasidus in his Mimer Stage Ochi. I translate only a paragraph or two of it, uh, but I have this uh, translation, which I think is so so fundamental. And perhaps it took till now to see how profound it was. I'm going to read, uh, it's like two minutes, less, one minute. Musa does not disagree with Hasidus. Musa is often satisfied with the Jewish strength of Hasidus. Its capacity not to submit to the environment, its heartfelt openness, Ben Armachabero, that softens petty, superficial European etiquette. Its readiness to dedicate itself to a lofty purpose and so easily sacrifice for that purpose normal conditions of life. Its youthful fervent mitzvahs, which extends well into old age. Musa, however, also has a significant criticism of Hasidus. It sees Hasidus as too external, too theoretical, and abstract. The Hasid deludes himself into thinking that he's getting more out of Hasidus than he actually is. Hasidus deals with profound thoughts and great deeds, but remains outside the essence of the Hasid. Hasidus penetrates the depths of the greatest Torah problems, between both man and God, between man and man, but it penetrates too little the self of a person, so that he might engage in reckoning as to where he stands in relation to his world and his relation to his obligation in his world. The average Hasid deludes himself into thinking that a nigga that he sings wells up from his heart, that the vacancy experiences has its source in his soul, even though it is entirely possible these are transient moods, not associated with its true essence. One should not judge hastily. You cannot say to even the simplest chassid when he experiences the vacancy that he does not truly cling to Hashem. But that constant self-critique, perhaps I am deluding myself, the query that should accompany, accompany every step in life. Have I not strayed in this instance from the past? And finally, all that is encompassed in the thought that serves as a necessary precondition for shivisi Hashem leneg ditamit, Namely, the thought I placed myself before me always. Uh, all this more prevalent in Muslim than in Hasidus. So I, I think that, you know, Rabbi Avraham Melia's critique is so relevant in that Hasidus is, uh, uh, does not have the uh, self introspection which Muslim required. And therefore, it is, and besides that, they rejected European etiquette as the So therefore, you have this twin curse. One hand, there's this uh, uh, in coarseness, which is in deliberate reaction to the European adequate, and the other hand, there's this not uh, a complete uh, uh, um, uh, disregard or regarding as unnecessary the cheshman and to know what is doing could be was really rotten Hashem and Hashem Shemaim, 
either we assume the Rebbe decide that for us, or it's not something which comes up because it's not part of the uh, 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 the uh, of the chassid. Well, look, Rambelio, I know, looms very large in your life. Okay, don't be about though, just because it looms large in my life. No, 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 wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. And I want to um, actually applaud you for this lucid translation of his works. And I think even had you devoted yourself even more so to the dissemination of our Rambelio's ideas in a way that does justice to the profundity of his thoughts and the, and the sophistication of his expression, I think you, that itself would have been enough for Bechoffer's uh, accomplishments. And, I, and I'm not, however, here's the other. Rabbi Rami Leo, tzaddik as he was, uh, in a way, for, with his prescription, he, he might, I think, be blind in some ways to the fact that if you do do this introspection, consistently, that the Hislavus is going to have a hard time taking off. Because from moment to moment, a person can <clears throat> question his authenticity. And part of Chassidus is allowing yourself to believe that those moments, although they might not be the ultimate that you can achieve, can do represent real Kurvshaft of the Rebbe One of the reasons the Balshemtev's ideas struck a chord was because he was willing to say, Ruach HaKodesh still lives. The Vekas is still possible. There was a calcification, not just a European mimic, mimicking the European uh, aristocracy or of, of very uh, manners. It was also the idea that there really doesn't exist anymore Kavana. There really isn't uh, what we would call uh, tzaddikim living anymore. It's all part of Sipuri Chazal that we have to gribblesach and say we're so vite from it. Part of what Chassidus was able to be successful is to unleash a certain imaginative faculty coupled with, as Ramelio said, uh, very lofty ideas. Now, if you're going to constantly pour water over them, which and say, well, you know, but are you really emistic and this is not really true, and you're just you're you're just fooling yourself, then it's going to be very difficult for a well of emotion and feeling and a movement. No, you're right. Rav, Rav Desmond makes that point in Mikhtar Milio. He says in a in a, in a very fascinating mimer in the for, for fifth chelik. He says that Chasidus was much more successful than Musa in preventing assimilation. And, and he writes in America and Australia and South Africa and England because uh, uh, Musser requires introspection and doesn't allow for this mindless vacuous, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so I, I wouldn't uh, call it mindless, but, uh, but but I would call it. And, and I have seen you uh, in in your when you wear your bekisha. I've seen you. In, in, in a Dveka's type of state uh, before, which I think is probably due more to the success of Chassidim and Rebis than it is necessarily to the Bali Musr that, that you also invoke. So again, they, their footprints are there and it is even filtered down to someone like yourself. So yes, they have been more successful. And I, and I think there's another thing here which we need to say in light of this particular Machlekas uh, that we're talking about. Um, Ger is, and again, I don't know much about the players here. Um, I, 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 I've been getting in my mailbox 
from from Bechedre Haredim and other places, uh, you know, the, the latest skinny on all this stuff. But I know a little bit about Geir based on where they come from. As you know, um, the Chedush Yarin, uh, Rabbi Shemeyer, uh, was an incredible mind. Uh, probably, if you'd have to make a list of the 10 greatest Lamdonim in, in, among the Rebbes, the Chedush Arim would have to be in that list. You can also add the Debrechayim, the Avinezer, and others. But the Chedush Arim is, is, was, was powerful. It, we all know about the, the, the it might be a legend uh, that he had a Sefer on Choshen Mishpit that he felt that he wanted to put out that would take every single Simon and Sif of, of Choshen Mishpit, but he decided that he needed to uh, burn it because was a powerhouse. And you take a look even in his it isn't, oh, I've just stepped into a Hasidic world of thought. The Svarim could really be as significant and cogent as general learning. Let me put it a little bit further. Part of what Tchdusharim and his Chevra were about, including the Kotzker, was about introspection and being truthful. When we talk about the Machloikas between Kotsk and all the other Chsidim, uh, as, as Heschel uh, pointed out, it was about not getting caught up and fooling yourself. And even to the point of not taking Yom Kippur as if you're really on a big madrega. And the stories are legion about that. And part of it yeah, is... about the Kotzker, not so much about the Yusharim, and certainly not about self-revealing. One second, but they still had that sense of no nonsense. Again, and I know this because I yeah. drayed around. I drayed around with Gerach Sidim when I was... Yeah, in- I, think, I think the only extent to which it manifests itself and probably doesn't anymore is in the, more of a disdain for Gashmius and more of an openness to, uh, you know, uh, the, the Israel, to the army and to, to agriculture and things of those things. And, and look... Also the Beisiaco movement was very much... Clear. Right, and, right. In other words, they had their hands everywhere and they also, as I, and again, a hammer hits a nail. I believe part of it is because they eschewed some of the, you know, the, the dimyoinus that Reverend Romelio was talking about and were really centered in on learning. It, it isn't, it isn't, let me say it even better. Whether it's Chdushiarim, whose divrei Torah are a little bit difficult to encapsulate, or the Sfasemist, which is probably, in a way, one of the most uh, influential Sifre Chsidus, probably at the top five, if we talk about in terms of influence beyond the Chsidus Shevelt. And, and I think it, it's not just, oh, he was a great Talmud Chacham and he was a tremendous Lamdan in Kachim. You can't learn Kachim without the Sfasemist. The two really go hand in hand. His, his Divrei Torah, the way he analyzes the typical Zohar Hasidic Makairis really show the mind of a Lamdan. And I think it isn't like, oh, well, he's a Lamdan, but also a great Rebbe. I, I, I think this Fas Emes, and, 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 and that's the reason why I think the Litvish Welt, the Yeshiva Welt, they all know Shtiklach's Fas Emes. And, 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 and obviously you can't move in Moyed and in Kodshim without him. And I think that, that, that this came from a Stoltzkeit in themselves. They didn't let themselves go and kriechav gleich event. They knew what learning was. They knew what gleichkeit was. 
And I will say, based on my um, youth, hanging out in Gare and waking up early in the morning, going to the mikvah, and then going to davening, and then having a, a break at, before Kriya Satayra, and learning as stark as in any yeshiva. Shabbos morning, it's a, it's, you could hear the Haravanya, and it wasn't just like it was in Stolen, where uh, or right where it was or in, where it was. Oh, he's just screaming. There was guys who were learning stark, and 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 we know that the Gare is was the greatest in terms of demanding that every balabas be involved in learning and be stark in learning. And right, we we have this idea of chesidim waking up late, draining around in the mikvah. That's not what gear was. And I think, you know, that is something that I think Reverend Ram would be extremely... Well, the ironic thing is, I think that the ones who raise the mikvah are not half as dangerous as the ones who don't raise the mikvah. But uh, the point, I, I think also that you're avoiding the whole elephant in the room. Do you want to continue to avoid it or you don't want to continue to avoid it? I, I want our listeners who aren't so aware of what Gare is to yes. know that Gare... Well, has an illustrious past. And and I believe there was a reason why after Rav Bunim died, where there was a Shiloh who should take over the Chsidis, the Chdush Yarim, with all his accomplishments, said, I'm going to be Machnia to the Kotzka. And he saw himself as a chalik of Kotzk. Now, when the Kotzker died, then, okay, then the Malchus really began. But I, I, I still believe that it's infused with that. I don't know about the present ones, but I, I, I will say, going to, through the Imre Emes, the Sfas Emes's, uh son, that we are talking about a, 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 a incredible, important, in fact, let me say it even better, Kotzk which has its offshoot of Ishbitz, both of those are sort of so outliers that it's almost impossible to form a chsidus around them. Gare, I think, was able to take elements of both and really have, a, as you said, a chsidus that grew exponentially and became, as you know, the reason why the Germans, your people, were able to form the Aguda together with Ger. The, the Gerchsidim and the Deitch, the Yekis, who had the organization, what an amazing match that was. And they were able to create an Aguda that looked extremely from, and that was very efficient. That was what Ger was. That's all I'm trying to say. What's the elephant that I'm avoiding? The elephant is that, that uh, so much of Chasidus, especially in Ger, has to do with either avoiding or being atoning for Batsar Zerubatola. Okay, all right. That's a good elephant to talk about. All right, I, I and I don't mind talking about that. Um, they are. Yeah, not... I don't think you will. <laughs> as as listeners of this program know, we aren't exactly prudish. At least I've made you much less of a prude in the years. Either PG thirteen or our program. Yes. Uh, don't you think that I've made you much less of a prude in our relationship? Yes, for better or for worse. Yes. <laughs> You didn't know what you were in for. But anyway, yes. So this is an element that is, to me, has always seemed extreme and strange. And in a way, very much, you know, let's talk about our last show, which we talked about, Me Too Yamaleo. I hope you like that title. Um, that 
yeah, Gare is probably guilty of that objectifying and denigration in ways that other citizens, you know, at least apologize for. In the Gerevelt, um, the the couples are, are are in a way shamed about their relationship. And um, you're right, getting up early, part of it is not being involved with your wife. Part of it is is getting up early, staying away, not right, and and and, and in a way living a certain austere existence. But you're right, that is that is based on the fact that when all of you were teenagers, you all had lusty thoughts and allowed yourself to masturbate or things like that. And because of that, your atonement is to live the life of this ascetic chosen. And but there's also this Torah Shabbat, which is that, because that all you can find Torah Shabbat, but the Torah Shabbat, and the Torah Shabbat, the whole concept of Shtuperai is to be misloyed to one's Abedah Hashem in order to atone for these libels of Davarache. And that's why I've never had been Zaychad to be the Geratish, but that's why they say you can come, you can come out with a broken arm from a Geratish because the Shtuperai the, is built into the system in order to atone for... I think we need to use a different term than Shtuperai, but I, I, I might keep it in the uh, in the uh, final. So that's say, stupnish, stupnish. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I right? Yeah. I know it has a course. I didn't think of the coarser Yiddish kind of thing. But what you're saying is, is that their stuparai is really a, it's really based on the fact that they have not killed the demon inside of them. But what they do is they actually refashion it and and make sure that it's all towards uh, the the tish and the islavas. So in other words, they any term I use is going to be bad, like banging on the table, whatever it is, what they're doing is basically like deadening or trying to push away this... Uh, uh, sublimate. Yeah, to sublimate the lust. Right. Okay, now... So which, that makes them violent people. If it's not taiva, it's kina. They're going into so that they uh, they use their energy to be... Uh, to, to put in job. And it's considered to be, again, like Ramalia says, there's no etiquette. Adarabha is a, there is a uh, drive to be impolite. And it's just a short step from that to violence. Okay, so, all right. Again, you know, part of the, you know, the... the I don't know what she was just last I don't know what story of the game was. Again, the Kotzker was the most impolite. And part of it was to burst people's uh, balloons of self-importance. Yeah, I don't think it was a balloon. I don't think it became physical. It's, this is... Uh, no, no, no. So again, the actual physical... In, of like what we saw three weeks ago is obviously a, a very ugly manifestation. Look, Ger were known, you know, they say the Ger Rebis, I don't know who gave them the brocha, but someone gave them the brocha that they would be large people, that they would be large, burly people. And I remember, again, I was like a tiny nothing when I was hanging around Ger because they were big. And I found them, um, actually, if, if you learn, they're, they're macabre you. If you learn, they're macabre you. I found them, like my newfound friends in Bovov, I found the Ger Hevra uh, extremely approachable. Listen, if you want to learn, you got to learn. Um, they, now, what shocked me in preparation for this podcast, not that I prepared too, often, too much at all, as is, as is, as is readily evident uh, for our normal listeners, 
the wealth of Ger, that Ger is especially the Rebbe himself, 83 years old, he should have Lange Yorin, is one of the richest people in Eretz Yisrael. He's, he's a personal millionaire, billionaire, I would sound like, close to being a billionaire even, uh, in terms of his properties and what he owns. And this does sound a little bit anti the ideal that the Kotzker and the Chush and others are pushing for. I mean, but well, you know, the cynics, the cynics will always say it's all about money. That's what the cynics will always say. You know, down to access, you know, the, you know, um, but that is, says, I don't, it, and, 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 I think power is as important as money. Yeah. Well, again, you know, it's already been condemned. We're not saying anything new. Um, I, I would like to hear, and, and, and that's my fault because, you know, I, I've been traveling and I haven't been able to research things. I'd like to hear similar to, you know, I'm going to compare this to January 6th, which is now, you know, everybody's um, primetime rage now to, to hear more about the January 6th attack, but similar to the Rebbe somehow appealing to his Hasidim, uh, like Trump saying, we've got to not, the election can't be stolen from us, we've got to, you know, do something. Somehow... I just want to, I just want to clarify that I do not blame Trump on Gare. <laughs> you you don't say that this May the the May twentieth uh, pogrom happened because of Trump, right? No, no, I don't say that. Gare's uh, um, uh, Gare's um, violence would have led to a uh, violent tendency would have led. Okay, so to... I, I I actually want to explore this for a minute. But first, the, the parallel is the Rebbe didn't say to do it, but the Rebbe was okay with it. Trump didn't say to do it, but Trump's tweets and messages were quite uh, passive and encouraging. And I assume that is why the Rebbe is also being, uh, you know, lambasted by other Rabbanim and Gedolim who are speaking out against it based on what occurred. So I'd like to at least hear what the Rebbe said and what, what it is that's going on. Is it just that how dare he fight against the Misora? I mean, look, let's give our listeners another little peek behind the curtain. Um, the base Yisrael was the Rebbe. The base Yisrael was, in a way, an embodiment of the touchstones I've mentioned before. He was a Chedush figure. He was a, a Svasemis-like figure. He also, in his learning and in his Chesidus, was in a way the model of what we expect of a hishtalshulus. With his ptira, though, without children, it passes. Well, well, yeah, wait a second. The basis so is also the one to, to whom the takonis, which we you only touched on before, the takonis of Gare are attributed. No, no, okay. I, I, I agree. He's the one who turned, who radicalized it. But he was a the sheer kaim of the basis role cannot be machtavek. In other words, he was. In, in his learning and in his sharfkeit, in his charifos, he was an embodiment, really, of what Ger stood for. And therefore, um, but he didn't have a Yorish. And therefore, it get it got kicked to the Leib Simcha, his younger brother, who was a very edel person, who, who wasn't as tough as nails. And many people thought that was good, because although he doesn't have his brother's brilliance or sharfkeit, no one's going to be quoting him, but his Torah was leichter, and he was more encouraging. And in fact, he was more of a coalition builder than, um, than his brother. Now, with his death, then 
the 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 Chassidus passed to his brother. I mean, once it became brothers, right? Again, it, it, instead of what the normal derech, which is the Rebbe's son, it got kicked to the 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 last brother, the Pnei Menachem, right? And with the Pnei Menachem's p'tira, you if let's say Lumashal, the Pnei Menachem had been the Rebbe. The argument could be made, well, the Benachim is now the Rebbe. His son is a great Rosh Hashiva, a great Magad Shir, charismatic, Ishmak, everybody loves him. So, but now the call was, no, 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 wait. It only went to the Bnei Menachem because for some reason we have covet of the brother. But now it should go back to the Leif Simcha's son. And this is really quite, quite, I've taught sociology in college. I don't have a degree in it, but I, I do think that there is a way to make the argument and not be laughed out of the classroom by saying the coarsening of public uh, discussions and politics has insinuated its way even into the Frum Belt. And I think that is not necessarily uh, a wrong statement. Uh, They might not care about Trump, but Trump and what he symbolizes of everybody, can you, you hate the other person, you condemn them, and you do whatever you can in any sort of way to destroy them. Uh, that, I think, is is something that this event is maybe reflective of. And how, I you think so? Yeah, no, I agree. I, 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 I you know, the Tzadik says, obviously, from the uh, uh, Kabbalah, that whenever Hashbal comes down to the world, comes down both to Yidin and to the Goyim, comes down, the whole Chaz, According to his um, sure. environment, and, and suppose- obviously uh, one can make the say that the chef of the negative was sense of uh, came down with Trump and with the the Gare Rebbe the I mean, ways. But it's not just Trump; it's also your friends on the left, and you know we're we're, we're going to be the most you know, violent and ugly and burn things and, and smash things and, 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 and threaten people with death, et cetera, et cetera, as you, as you see with the Supreme Court justices now. So I, I do think that there is this, this tendency in our society that we can cross the line with shame shamayim. Um, and we could uh, push and, 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 and it's, it's obviously a pella that someone who raises his yingle to, 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 to be a, a wonderful chesidish boy and to send him in chas v'shalom to, be, to have any machshav to somehow be there with a bottle in his hand uh, ready to, 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 to smash it over the head of somebody, uh, of another person. And yet, I do think that it's, it's reflective of our zeitgeist, our very, very ugly, um, <laughs> which, which is much more than a rischa daraisa. So I don't, the, the Satmers, who are not known for their uh, easygoing and calm uh, public persona, they, they get along enough that they don't find the streets. You know, talking about I, the two brothers of the Satmers. Yeah, the two brothers, yeah. And you know, I go to Kiryas Yoel, they, they, they both coexist there. And Elizabeth, they both coexist. Okay, they're not buddy-buddy, but they're not. But as you said, I think part of it is if Show Alter was like... Um, and let's talk about the other splinter group that exists in Kiryasioyo. The um, what do they call them? The ones that I went Mayo. to. What? The Mayo. The Mayo. I really like them, but nobody sees them as a threat, right? They're outliers who do their thing, and again, yeah, they don't talk. They don't take a chavis to each other. Yeah, okay, they don't, right? I think here it might be Shol Alter is just is so um, charismatic. Yeah. 
that they consider this, this could be, you know, like the Strasheller who was going to take away the strange thing is, and I would say it again, the Strasheller was not a relative of the Alter Rebbe. He just was someone who understood the Alter Rebbe's ideas better than the Mittler did. And logically, he should have been the Rebbe, based on the fact that a Rebbe should be Yehoshua, is Moshe's successor, not, 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 not Gershon or, or Eliezer. So in the same way, the Strasheller, but Chassidus decided to become uh, patrimonial. Sidus decided to be Malchustic. Sidus took that turn at that time. I think over here, he has the he has the genetics to justify that he should be Rebbe. And he's also brilliant enough, Gishmak enough, Hadras enough, that he could chisel away. And I think that's, you know, again, that's, I think, probably what's happening. Why? I think in Satmar, I think it was clear. Satmar was so big and variegated. And even in the Sigeter's lifetime, he had already, in a way, sort of been Machalik, the Malchus. And, you know, <laughs> there was enough to go around. I think over here, I think the paucity of what Gare has now lent, lent it to this fear. And therefore, they felt like stormtroopers, they could uh, come there and crush it the way it is. But look, you know, um, you know, very sad. We should definitely, obviously, as we get into the summary, and I, I'll, I'll end with this part. Um, the Kliyokar says in Parshas Tzav, it says, Zois Toiras on the five korbonos. Zois Toiras Ha'oila, Zois Toiras Ha'mincha, Zois Toiras Ha'chatz, Zois Toiras Ha'osham, Zois Toiras Ha'shalomim. Now, none of those Zois Toiras are really, in Pshat, necessary. <laughs> right? Those are very large introductory phrases. The Kliyokar said something which I really think is, is a very great einfall. Zeis Teiras means each safer is connected one of the korbonis. Precious is connected the korban oilim. Now, I'm going to, this is Kivalevich now jumping on the Kliyokar's chap and changing what he says. I, the, you're right, the Ovois, Akadoshim, they were oilis to me, and what we see in their lives is miyuchid in Gansen, and it's a type of life that, that we can aspire to, but we look at like an oila tamimah to the shem. The mincha, of course, is klal Yisrael, like an oni brings the mincha just forming. The mincha, we were just a, a people coming out of, of, of avdus, and therefore shmois really represents a, a, a tremendous covid to us of what we were able to accomplish, how we were able to rise, how we were able to start, and etc. Like it's an agri... Vayikra is really about humanity and the difficulty of living a life of Kedusha and recognizing the chatos, the, the chatos, the chatoyim that occur, that accrue. And, and that's part of what living a life of Kedusha is. And, and the Geras know that. <laughs> that's part of what it's about. And that's why it's Torah's Kayhanim. Um, Bamidbar, though, is different. Bamidbar is the Osham. The Chathas, of course, is a Shoyim that you should have known better. You should have lived better. You should have not allowed this to happen. The Osham comes with Amazed. The Oshamais are brought even in Amazed situation where you're Ashem, like Ashamu. You were terrible what you did. This was wrong. And in a way, Sefer Bamidbar is full of incidents that can't be on the... Averos. 
We're talking about zachin, which are in a way you can't understand how they could happen. How could there be kairach? How can there be a? How could there be meraglim? How could there be the nachash nachoshes? How could there be the mesoyinim? And again, later in Parshas Spukas. all of that I think, Rabbi Yosef, is that we are a flawed people, but we can still bring korbanos to be mechaper. In other words, even though we're not going to badekis, we're not going to say it's a chatas, we're not going to say it's a shoyge, we're not. Yeah, it's an avera, and it was wrong. But there can still be a safer by midbar teaches us. Oh, you think that's yes? Maybe someday the girls will do tshuva and they'll bring korbanos. What I'm saying is that these things are mezidim, but it can, they can still, but they are not apikors. They're not out of Klal Yisrael. The, right? These are people who did terror, or this is terrible things, just like the Sipure Atayra here in Bamidbar terrible. It's a Korban Oshem, and it's going to cost. It's not like a Chattis that you get away cheap. You got to pay Shtekesef, you got to pay good money, and you got to know it's amazing, but there's still a way to be Machaper. It isn't that they're finished. Obviously, what they should all lead to is the great, uh, and I think Garrick has a big role in this, in terms of what they've done in Eretz Yisrael, that all the groundwork that they did should lay the groundwork for Sefer Tzvarim, which is Shlomim, which is getting ready to go into Eretz Yisrael, to live a life that's Muslim, and hopefully when that occurs, they're not going to have the jukas of their youth anymore uh, resounding in their head, and they're going to be able to live a life of Shleimus. Where back to the source when they were the founders of Poli Aguda. <laughs> anyway, on that wonderful Drush note that you can take to the bank, we'll see you, my friends. Mitzvah Shem, take care, everybody. Check it out next week. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. And let me just say that if you are tempted to buy your Rebbe or someone else to go out on a Friday night and to somehow find someone that you want to like really, you know, somehow rough up a little bit, instead of taking a bottle or a rock, you know what? There's something that is strong enough, but won't hurt that much. And I would say an Abel's and Hyman salami. I do do it to the film buffs. And the great dictator, the, the Mussolini figure, attacked the, the Hitler figure with a salami. Ah, I see, I see. So Jack Oakey uh, attacking Charlie Chaplin and the great dictator. I don't, I don't know if it was an A&H salami. I don't think they were around yet. But you know what? Maybe also if you run out at, of the tish and say, let's go get those guys. And what you have in your hand is a salami from A&H. Before you get to the guy to pulverize him, you might decide to take a slice of it yourself and say, this isn't worth fighting for. And in fact, the guy might say, is that an A&H salami you have in your hand? And instead of the fight, you might find yourself going into some neutral tish, taking some slices and enjoying the types of A&H provisions that can bring Sholem and Achtas to Klal Yisrael. <laughs> hey, That'll hey, be it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay.